Come on, let's give the Lord a shout. I think we need to keep going on that one. I think we need to keep going on that. Praise God for the victory that we have in Jesus. Praise God for this amazing truth that we can also have victory in Jesus. I'm, uh, if you're new here this morning, I want to just say welcome. We're so glad that you are here learning the Bible with us and worshiping with us this morning. Uh, you did come on an off week because I'm here, uh, but don't be scared. Uh, my name is Arthur. I'm the youth and worship pastor, as Jim already said, but I, I, I'm blessed to be able to serve alongside some amazing pastors. If you're new, I just want to introduce them. Um, senior pastors, Pastor Dale Brooks, just an amazing man after God's own heart. Uh, pastor Jim, he's our executive pastor who was just up here. He just keeps us in line, make sure um, we're doing what we need to. And then we have our Spanish pastor, Pastor William Nieto. Um, we're still working on him, uh, but uh, it's good. He, if you're a soccer fan, he loves Barcelona, so we continue to pray for him so he can, uh, for all the soccer fans in the room, which is probably like two. But anyway... Um, that was just a blessing for us to be able, like, for this, if you're new here, this church is just awesome. I love, yeah, you know, let's get, you guys are amazing, really. We have just an amazing family here. And I'm just a testimony to that. So, so before you leave here, get to know someone. It's always that awkward conversation. But I, I encourage you to do it because we just have some loving people who love Jesus and love people. So get to know them. But also, I don't want to leave my main man out here, Mr. Ross Finkfish. He is my best friend. I get to, yeah, give him a round of applause. He's an incredible musician. But he's an incredible worship leader, and uh, I know Jim says we looked overloaded, but he had this under control. So, and uh, I just want to thank you, Ross, for, for your heart and leading us in these amazing truths this morning of being conquerors. So I just want to catch you up from the last few weeks, and if, you're, if you haven't been here in a while, I just want to catch you up on what we've been talking about. We've been in this series called Better, uh, and the tagline is because normal isn't working. So basically what this means is we're, we're trying to be a better church to our community. We're trying to, really what this, what this means is that we're trying to grow in Christ. We're trying to grow in faith. We don't want to stay complacent. We don't want to stay where we're at. We want to go after God. We want to pursue Him. We want to grow in Him. We really want to reach our community. That is our heart. That's our heart for this community. So the first week, Pastor Dale, he talked about to be a better church, to be better as individuals in Christ, that we have to have authentic in real relationships. That's important to being better. And then the second week he talked about going after God. Just as Joshua did when he crossed over with the Israelites. That, that we have to have this desire and this passion to go after God. Right? We can't be complacent. And then last week it was my favorite week. And he, he says we serve a God of strange strategies. And I love that because it's true. I love that because I see that in my life. I see God doing things that I can only say, like, that was ridiculous, right? So he even said last week, he says that we serve a ridiculous God. That when he does things and orchestrates things in our life, and maybe you're even here this morning, he's like, I haven't been here in a while. That's ridiculous that I'm here this morning. And, and I just want to tell you that that's the way God moves. That's the way he does things. And so we're closing out this series, this better series. And I believe that this morning we're at a place as, as a church, especially in this series, as people in the series, that we're, we're just asking this question, now what? 
So now that we learn that to be better, we need authentic relationships, we learn that we have to go after God, we, we learn that we, in, the, in the midst of strange strategy, we have to trust him, but, but now what? How do, we, how do we do this? And I believe that, I believe the statement here, that we cannot, we cannot carry out the mission of God through this church as individuals to this community as victims or as people who are living in defeat. Let me say that again. We cannot carry out everything that we've been learning the last few weeks. We can't carry out that truth through this church, to this community, in our jobs, in our schools. We cannot do that by living in defeat or living as victims anymore. So this truth that we're going to learn today, I believe it will set us free. I believe it will be the enabling power to carry us to live out these truths, to carry out this life in victory that is in Jesus. So I want to start off by just telling you this truth that you probably already know, but this is the foundation to this morning's message. Jesus is alive. We hear it a lot. We, we kind of we read through passages that talk about it. This video has displayed it. But this is the truth that we can't just casually say amen. we got to say it together. So on three, one, two, three. Jesus is alive. He's alive. He's not a dead Jesus. He's a victorious Jesus who conquered the grave. Jesus is alive. So if we just break it down a little bit, here's really what that means. That means when they try to kill Jesus, when they try to bury him in the grave, here's what he did. He conquered the grave. And when he conquered the grave, yes, we can give the Lord a shout for that. When, that when we conquer the grave, if Jesus conquered the grave, then here's what that means. He's conquered all of your hurt. He's conquered all of your pain. He's conquered all of your scars. He's conquered everything you've been through, but he didn't stop there. He went to the depths of hell, and he conquered death. Even death can't hold us down. Jesus is alive. And I believe that we can be better Christians, that we can be a better church if we live in the truth as overcomers, if we live in the victory, this is important, that is in Jesus in Jesus alone. We have victory in him this morning. We need to live in this truth to carry out this series, to carry out the truths that we have learned. We have to live as overcomers. We have to live in victory that is in Jesus and Jesus alone. So we're going to have some practical steps to doing that this morning. How do we live in victory? Who, who shares in this victory? So we've got three questions that we're going to go through that we're going to try to address through our Bible study time. It's who shares in the victory of Christ. Is it everyone? Who can partake in this victory? The second is who and what do we have victory over? And lastly, how do we walk this Christian life in victory? How do we do that practically? How do we leave here and, and, and carry out these truths and live in the victory that is in Christ? So we're going to be addressing that this morning. But before I go any further, let's just go to the Lord in prayer and give it to him. Father, we love you. We are thankful for you. Jesus, you're alive. You're alive this morning. Lord, speak to our hearts. God, let us not be complacent people. Let us not be people who just accept the norm. But God, we, you're supernatural. And you're a victorious king who conquered the grave, who conquered death, who conquered everything we're, that we've been going through, everything that we've went through. God, you've conquered it. You're victorious. Teach us this morning and open up our hearts to receive your truth. So we give it to you, Lord, 
Allow me to decrease so that way you would increase in this place. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. All God's people said, amen. That's old school, but it's okay. We'll keep it in there. Um, so we're going to be in our Bible study time, which is 1 John. So if your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to 1 John 5, 1 through 5. If you have your Version Bible app, we're going to get a little techie this morning. If you have your Version Bible app, you can go ahead and turn to that, open that up can't really turn to it, just press on it. Um, you open it up to more and go under the live tab, under live events, you'll see Avalon Church and the message of victory. All of the notes are there. You can highlight stuff and all of that good stuff. So go ahead and go there. So we're going to dip right into this verse, 1 John 5, 1 through 5. Here we go. It says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? I know that most preachers or most pastors wouldn't start off with really answering this first question, who shares in the victory? They, were, they might have even saved it to the end, but I believe that we can't go any further in our study about living in victory, to talking about the victory we have in Christ without first addressing who exactly partakes in the victory that is in Jesus. So we're going to address that by looking at 1 John 5.1 and 1 John 5.5. 1 John 5.1 says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. So who is it that overcomes the world? Here it goes again. Except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So the first and fifth verse addresses who partakes in this victory. Who is the overcomer over this world? And so we break this down. In this verse, it says that it's the people who have been born of God. It's this new birth, this being born of God. How do we know that? Because of the tense of the verb, has been. You see, this is an interesting thing on how John worded this here. Because it says that you have to be born of God to actually believe that Jesus is the Christ. What does that mean? Let's break it down. It's taking Jesus and what you know about him up here and bringing him down to your heart. It's God opening up your heart. So that way you would be born again. So you would sense the power of Christ and that power that, that it comes with this new birth and being born again that enables the power of your faith to believe in fact that Jesus is the Christ. Because you can't, you, can't, you can't have the kind of faith that is only up here because then, then you'll never have the power to truly believe that Jesus is in fact the Christ. So this morning... Maybe this is your first time in a long time here or your first time at church ever. God is trying to do something in your heart this morning. He's trying to take what you know of him up here, what you've learned about him in college up here or in other churches up here, and he's trying to take it down to your heart. He says, I'm trying to open up your heart. Let me do that because I'll empower your faith. And then when I empower your faith, you'll actually be able to profess up here or right now in your seat that Jesus is the Son of God, the risen King. We can't do it without that part. 
We can't be overcomers without first God doing that work and our heart being born of him, and that will enable our faith to truly believe that Jesus is the Christ. But let me ask you this. Will you allow him to do that in your heart this morning? Because the fact of the matter is that there are going to be two kind of people here this morning. The first one is going to say, yes, Lord, do that work in my heart. I surrender to you. God, give me the faith. And then you're going to call on the name of Jesus, and Jesus is going to change your life this morning. But then there's this other person who says, you know what? I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to try it my way. I know the pastor talked about this, but I'm going to try it my way. And I do know that I keep doing things and expecting different results, but I'm going to try anyways. But Jesus says, listen, I have some words for you. If that's you this morning, Jesus has a special word for you. In John 15, 5 through 6, he says, for apart from me, you can do, let's say it together. If anyone doesn't abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and he withers. And the branches that are gathered, thrown into the fire, and they're burned. But Jesus is telling you simply, guys, don't try to do it on your own. The victory is in me. I've already conquered the grave. Listen here, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you don't abide in me, what he's saying is that you'll succumb to, the, to Satan's systems, his lies, that pain, that hurt. You'll become a victim to that. And you'll live a life in defeat for the rest of your life. But Jesus, in his mercy and in his grace, took on the grave and he conquered it. And he conquered death. So he's asking you this morning, do you want to keep trying to do it on your own? Or do you want to share in my victory and what I've already done for you? And maybe right now, God is doing that in your heart. And if you want to bow your head, if you want to just talk with God right now, you can do that. But we'll have time when I'm done. But... Don't leave here without letting God do that work in your heart. Let him empower you through that to have the faith, guys, to truly believe that we serve a Jesus who's alive. So who shares in the victory of Jesus? It's those who are born of God, taking what you know about Jesus from up here to down here, and that empowers our faith to actually profess and believe that Jesus is, in fact, the Christ. So once we know that, now we know who shares in the victory of Christ, the second question was who and what do we have victory over? And this is important because now we know who partakes in it. It's those who've professed the name of Christ. It's those who allowed God to do a work in their heart and now we've believed, we profess, we share in the victory. But, but who are we up against? Who, who in fact do we have victory over? It, it, it's kind of like trying to get ready for a football match but putting on basketball clothes, right? It ain't going to work out well, and I'm a soccer guy, and I know that. So, but the truth of the matter is, is we want to be, be prepared. We want to know what Jesus has set out for us to be victorious over. We want to, and I love the way God speaks to us in such simple terms. He, he gives us the scriptures. Guys, the blueprint is in your hands. And he says, I can tell you what you're victorious over. He says, turn to Romans 8 this morning. And we're going to look at this question, Romans 8. 31 through 38, this is a life-breathing passage. And in this passage, it will address and answer the question, who and what do we have victory over? What then shall we say to these things? Pastor Jim used this part of this verse earlier. What then shall we say to these things? 
If God is for us, then who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Then who shall bring any charge against God's people, God's elect? It is God who justifies. So who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus, guys, this truth, man, we have to stop here. This is good. It says, Christ Jesus is the one who died, and more than that, the one who was raised, victorious Jesus, more than that, who's at the right hand of God, more than that, who is, in fact, at this very moment, interceding for you and me. He's fighting for you right now. Victorious Jesus. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? You ready to answer the who's and the what? Here we go. Satan and Satan's systems. What are those systems? How can we practically look at this? It's tribulation of every kind this morning, church. It's distress. It's persecution. It's famine. It's nakedness. It's your finances. It's your marriage. It's danger. Abuse. It's sword. It's war. You're victorious over that. But then... Paul quotes an interesting Old Testament verse out of Numbers 14.9. And he says, For your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Hold on, Paul. I thought you just said I have victory over this right here. But now you're telling me I'm a sheep to be slaughtered? Because what Jesus is trying to tell you this morning, tell us this morning, is that in this life, there's going to be battles. That in this life, not only is it there going to be battles, but we're like sheep to be slaughtered. Especially when we profess the name of Jesus in this world. It's totally counterculture. Sheep to be slaughtered. But then Paul assures us with this amazing truth. No, in all things, not some things, Not the situation, you're probably thinking, not my situation. Yes, your situation. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Who's him? Jesus. He didn't just say that we're conquerors. He says we're more than conquerors who loved us. Then he says, for I am sure of this. I'm I'm sure. I'm confident. I'm certain that neither death, not even life, nor angels or rulers, nor things present that are happening right now, nor things to come, nor powers, nor heights in my life, nor depths in my life, nor anything in all creation. Guys, get this. We will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's give them a praise for that this morning, church. We're overcomers. We're victorious. We are conquerors. We are more than conquerors over every situation in our life. And I know some of you this morning are living in your past, but he's saying, I've conquered that. You see, this morning, it's simple. Victorious Jesus equals victorious life. Let me say that again because... Some of you are still living in defeat this morning or living in your past or living in a situation of unforgiveness, but Jesus says, I can conquer that. Well, you live within your identity as a child of the risen king. If victorious Jesus lives, that means that you have a victorious life. And sometimes we hear that and we're like, well, then everything's going to be great, right, Pastor Arthur? No, it's not what he's saying. 
He's saying we're sheep to be slaughtered. But those things have nothing on our victorious Jesus. That we can go through life, its depths, its heights, and we can trust him that he's a faithful, victorious God. That we are more than conquerors in him. Do you believe it? Do you believe that you can share in the victories of Jesus? Do you believe that, that, that these are the things that you have victory over? Satan and Satan's systems, his lies? The truth is, is you can partake in that victory. In Jesus and Jesus alone. You see, I have a little story as I was preparing for this and trying to make it as simple as I possibly can. I have these two pictures up here. I have my family in the front row. And uh, so y'all raise your hand. I'm going to embarrass you guys right now. There's my brother and my sister-in-law and my nephews and, and my dad and my grandma. Well, they, they probably are laughing at this picture right now. But so this is me in, in middle school and freshman in high school. You see, that's my little sister and then my uncle. Here's the thing about Portuguese people. They all look alike, okay? So I know what I'm going to look like when I get my uncle's age. There you are, guys. That's what I'll look like. So, um, and I'm also still a Patriots fan, but we won't talk about that this morning because... There wasn't victory in that. But anyway, um, man, let's pray. I'm just kidding. So why do I show you this? Because there was this incident that happened to me in middle school. And uh, I, I was hanging around, you know, in middle school, you're always trying to fit in. I was hanging around with kids that I shouldn't have been hanging around with. And I, I, I accidentally kind of not really talked to somebody's girlfriend. And you never do that. Middle schoolers, stay away. Just stay away. All right? And I did it. And... Um, so uh, the guys told me, they said, hey, I'm going to meet you by where the parent pickup, and I, we're, gonna, we're all going to beat you up. And I was like, awesome, okay, I'll be there. So some reason, when fights break out in middle or high school, there's never enough teachers. I don't know what's up with that. Can we figure that out after class? I don't know what's happening. But I, sure enough, I came there, and they had a bunch of people that came there to jump me. And they were fighting me. They, were that, they had a guy in front of me, this really big guy. He was pounding my face. And if you know me, I'm, the, I'm like the only brother in my family that can't fight. Um, everyone else is pretty strong. Uh, but me, not really, as you can tell in those pictures. Like, so I was in the situation. These guys were just pounding my face. And they were guys hitting me from the back. I was just getting jumped. But I'm just letting you all know, I was in total defeat. I was in total, I was like, okay, it's enough. You guys like are like, you won. Okay, I'll never talk to that girl ever again. I'm done. And, and I'm just getting slaughtered. And then all of a sudden, I see a Toyota Sienna coming around the corner. He pulls up to the bus loop and it's my dad. And I said, thank you, Lord. Yes. And he gets out of the car, and he runs through all those kids. He's stiffen-arming kids. Boom, boom, throwing kids off of me. And he gets up to the one kid, and he pulls his shirt, and he says, don't you ever do that to my son again. And he goes, let me make sure. And I'm being nice about this right now, guys. He says, don't you ever touch my son again, or else. The or else is the scary part. So that's my daddy. So, and then he took my hand. And he put me b beside him, and we walked away. And I'm going to let you all know something. I had no worries in the world at that moment. Because my daddy was victorious over that situation. He flatlined it. He conquered it. I didn't do a thing. But I got to share in the victory of my father. I was protected. It was squashed. 
And so why do I share with you that story this morning? Because that's exactly how Jesus is with us. That we go through life living in defeat of our past and who we were and we dwell on those things or people that have hurt us and we, and we never give it to God and so we live in defeat. We live as victims. When Jesus says, I've already flatlined the situation. It's been conquered. I'm a, I'm a victor and you also can be a victor with me. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? The defeat, it, it, it was done the minute he came in that situation, and he pulled me to the side. Jesus is victorious over everything that you're going through this morning, over everything that you've been through, every scar that you're holding on to. God is saying to you this morning, personally, I can be victorious over your situation. Sometimes we go through life living in defeat. We bring that into our Christian faith. And we live as victims over the things we should have victory over. And people are like, you sure you serve a risen king? Our response should be, yes, I'm a victor. So who shares in the victory? It's those who've been born of God. God took the information from up here to the heart. He's empowered your faith to believe that he is the son of God. Who and what are we up against? We're up against Satan and his systems and his lies. We have victory over everything on that screen. Trials, tribulations, sword, death, life. We have a victorious Jesus and we can share in that victory with him. But now, how do we walk this Christian life out? When we leave here this morning, what, how do we do this thing? Because sometimes I believe we get so caught up, we get these great truths that we've learned in this series and even what we've learned this morning, and then we're like, I want to be victorious, and then you don't know how to do it. So let's look at this passage this morning and let Jesus do a work in your heart as he's speaking to you. Will you allow him to do that? So here's what it says. We're going to look at 1 John 5, 2 through 5. And I believe that this statement right here is the supporting statement to how to, live as, how to live in victory. You see, Jesus calls us to live as victors, not as victims. And to live this Christian life, we have to first embrace this truth. And you gotta, be, you gotta allow God to do that work in your life, to allow him to truly do that work in your life, to have the faith that you serve, a victorious Jesus. So let's look at 1 John 5, 2 through 5, and we're going to confirm that and also give some practical steps onto how to walk in victory. He says, by this we know that we love the children of God. Here he goes. When we love God and obey his commandments, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And this commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God, he overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. It's our faith. So who is it that overcomes the world except the one who really believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So here are some practical steps that he's given us so far. He says the first thing in your life to living as a victor, and this is important, is you have to make Jesus the centerpiece of your life. That Jesus, to live in victory, Jesus has to be your treasure. Jesus has to be your all-consuming fire. And you see, a lot of the times, we put things in that place. And we expect to live in victory when we're living as slaves to whatever we're making our treasure. What's your treasure? 
He says, love God. Make me everything in your life. If you want victory over your situation, you want victory over your past, victory over your finances, if you want me to walk with you, if you want to share in this with me, you have to love me. You have, to, you have to make me your treasure. And then he says, when you make me your treasure, here's what I love, is when we keep his words. Is when we obey his commandments. And we serve a God of order this morning, church. And he gave us the blueprint for our life to live in victory. He says, you have to make me your treasure, then you have to take me at my word. Because here's how it usually happens. When we make Jesus our treasure, we take him at his word. Right? And we follow his commands. And here's what he says after that. And if you do that, then the commands no longer are burdensome. Have you ever noticed that sometimes when you make the centerpiece of your life, and though, although sometimes they're really good things, in the church world, it could be ministry. And sometimes we make ministry the centerpiece of our life instead of Jesus. And then we try to follow out the commands of God, and they're a burden to us. So we treat people in the church and we treat others with hostility as victims and as, as, as hurt people. But Jesus is saying, love me, make me your treasure, obey my words. And when you do it in that order, I promise it'll be a joy and a pleasure. That's how you live in victory. But then he goes on and he says this next verse. He says, for everyone who has been born of God, if you love me, you'll take me at my word. My commandments won't be burdensome. You'll be living in victory. It'll be your pleasure to worship me. For everyone who has been born of God, he's overcome the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world. Here it goes. It's our faith. It's our faith. But here's what he says. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You see, up until this point in Scripture, Christians, New Testament believers, were labeled as sheep. Right? We learned that. But now, John labels us for the very first time as an overcomer. So, let's break down this word because I think it'll make more sense if we actually take the Greek word and define it. The Greek word translated overcomer, here we go, means victor. The verb form, nikeo, and the noun form is nike. We've learned some Greek this morning, church. Good job. All right? Nike, right? The verb means to conquer, to have victory, or to have superiority, or sometimes it even means to defeat. So what, what John is telling you here is we have to make Jesus our treasure. We have to trust him at his word. And then no longer are, is following him a burden. And then when we do that, you have to understand your identity. If you're going to walk this out this morning, if you're going to leave here, you have to know this, that you are a conqueror. Then no matter what gets thrown your way, you're labeled as an overcomer. You can overcome whatever it is that you're going through. But so many times in our life, we live in this defeat. We have the risen king, but we act like he is dead. He's alive. Jesus is alive this morning. If we share in the victory of Jesus, and even Jesus in John 16, he says, I have overcome the world. And what that means is to walk this Christian life in victory is believing that I've conquered Satan's systems. There's nothing that can be thrown against you that I can't overcome. Do you know that? This is what he translated. So to walk this Christian life, sharing in the victory of Jesus, here is what we share in. You're going to want to get this. We share in everything that Christ is and has. That's amazing. Including his inheritance. 
His righteousness, our position with God, death, life, and spirit. Since Christ is a victor this morning, Christians, listen to me. We can partake in his victory. Just as that day when my dad came in the scene, I I partook in his victory, not mine. I was defeated. But I was standing next to my daddy who conquered the situation. We share in this victory. The believer then this morning is a victor. That's your new label. When you leave here, just remember, I'm a victor in Christ because my God is a victor. Those, those, yes, let's give the Lord a praise this morning. Those who have been born of God are overcomers. We are overcomers this morning, church, by faith and believing by taking what we know of Jesus up here and bringing it down to our heart and let God open that up and empower us to believe that he's in fact the risen king. So we can have the band come on up. I got a a story that I want to close with. And I'm going to paraphrase this pastor. He was pastor from Passion City Church. He was at this conference we went to. And I've been replaying this story that that he talked about on on the first night. It's been playing over and over in my mind. And basically, he says this. They had this lady who used to go to his church. And she used to cut herself. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe maybe that's your struggle. Maybe that's what you're holding on to. And Jesus says, I see you. But this girl, she had scars in her hand from cutting herself. But she came to know Christ. She used to worship. And when she worshipped, Pastor Louis Giglio said he he used to see her worship. But she would always pull up her sleeves so nobody in the church would see her. She would worship like this. So nobody would see her scars. But one day, Pastor Louis, he gave a message on victory that we can lay down our past. We can lay down our present and live in the victory that is in Christ she says, I want that. And so the next week, she came in. And the pastor was looking for her, and he, and, he, and he spotted her. And she began to worship. But this time, she pulled her sleeves all the way back so that everyone would see her scars. And she raised her hands in worship. She knew at that very moment that those scars in her hands were no longer open wounds. But they're healed. By His stripes, the Scriptures tell us this morning, we are healed. And the fact that she showed the world that those scars were healed displayed to the world that we serve a victorious Jesus, who is alive and working and interceding and conquering this morning. Are you in defeat? Are you ashamed? Are you ashamed of your past? Are you, do you feel as though no one will accept you and there's no way I could share in the victory of Christ? I want to let you know this morning that you can. Let the work of God 
begin to work in your heart in this morning at, at your seat. Or in just a second, we're going to have people here in the front, right here. And I'll be here in the front. There'll be some people in the back. I want you to come up to us so we can share in the victory that is in Jesus. So we can lead you to the risen king. Or you continue to live life in defeat or as victims. Christian, will you continue to live in defeat and as victims instead of sharing in the victory of Jesus? Will you have the courage and the boldness to trust him by faith and accept your identity and live within your privilege that you are a child of the risen king? Let's pray and stand up with me, if you will. Father God, at this very moment, Lord, I just pray that you would do a work in our hearts. Lord Jesus, we've been living as victims. We've been living in the defeat of our past, past abuse, past marital issues, financial issues, present financial issues. Lord, I just pray that right now that you would break the chains of your people. Because you're here in this place and you're alive. We don't serve a dead Jesus. We serve a risen Jesus who has overcome the grave, who has overcome death. And Lord, we can call out on your name by faith. And then from that moment on, we can share in your victory. Lord, break chains. I pray that families would come up, Lord, and dedicate their life to you again. I pray that the person right now who is scared to come up because he feels ashamed and he feels guilty or she feels ashamed or she feels guilty that, that they would just come up, Lord, by the power of your spirit that you would break the chains of the lies. That they would accept their new identity as overcomers, as victors in you. Lord, please let hearts be abandoned. Let us not roll up our sleeves, but let us roll them down and show the world our stripes are healed and we serve a risen king. We're going to worship, Lord, and I just pray that we wouldn't hold back. This isn't a time to keep our head down. This is our time to hold our head up. This is a time to profess to the world that we have a risen Jesus, that we serve an overcoming Jesus. Guys, let's worship this morning. Let's worship in the name of the risen Jesus. Come on, church. Let's do this. Come on. Yes. Yes.